The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Discover your geeky haven with Twink.com. We've been delivering you the best products and all things pop culture for more than 20 years. Enjoy a wide selection of officially licensed merch from your favorite fandoms. We carry top brands from Disney, Funko, Marvel, and DC, Star Wars, Harry Potter, and much, much more. We also offer an array of exclusives that you won't find anywhere else. With all these collectible goods, you're definitely going to need a bigger boat. Dive in with code WINGEEKS15 to save 15% off your first order at toink.com. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... This is urgent. We need a response team. We're already putting together the best move. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am Groot. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push... It can be exactly what we need. I'm suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen. Online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the Intrepid Trio. Eric, Highland, and myself, Mike. As I was saying Eric, I'm thinking Derek. Wrong <laughs> show. Why tonight? I've been like that. I don't know. There is a fine line between Derek and Eric. Yes, yes, there is. Like I said, as a matter of fact, (laughs) why? I'll just say it for show. I kept calling Eric Derek all night. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, sorry. I I, uh, maybe it's the heat down there. I don't know. I don't know how hot it is down there. I don't know. Maybe my mind's occupied with something else that uh we're not recording on our normal night as a matter of fact right um we're we're actually we had done some recordings this year on tuesday because work schedule um but lately last few weeks or almost last month we've been back to our normal time Mm -hmm. this week's a little different though because i'm kind of hoping um that Thursday, I get either some shield tech, sword tech, heck, aim tech would be okay. <laughs> no hydro tech. No, 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 no hydro tech. Um, and whoever worked on rocket, nope, 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 nope. Stay away from my knee. <laughs> but uh, I'm having knee surgery on Thursday, uh, or had knee surgery on Thursday, uh, and I am not. I don't think I'm getting any of this tech at all. I just don't. Well, you might be surprised. One can hope, but I don't see it happening. <laughs> so, well, look at it this way: it could be worse 
uh, you could have gotten some tech about the same way that Deathlock got it. That's true, too. Yeah, that's true, too. Or Misty Knight. Well, eventually down the road, I will be getting some sort of tech because knee replacement is in my future. Hmm. I hate to say it, but yeah, it'll be in my future. Then you'll be bionic, sort of. Sort of. (laughs) (laughs) One can hope. If you show up one week and you say resistance is futile, then I'm afraid I'm going to have to bow out from the podcast at that point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Fortunately, the the Borg. Fortunately, that was a franchise that was not a Marvel for under a Marvel license. Are you sure? I think maybe at one point it was. I don't believe so. Hmm. We can look. Let's see. It's just out of curiosity. I know it was DC. I know it was Gold Key. Well, you know what? In the in the novels, right. it was because there was an X Men Star Trek Next Generation crossover. All right, I, I there was an X Men Star Trek original series crossover too. All right, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna prove myself wrong. Star Trek was a comic se- comic book series published by Marvel Comics, running 18 issues from April 1980 until February 1982. Yep. And the first yep. three issues were an adaptation of Star Trek the motion picture. Yep. I I thought I thought I remembered that. So Yep. So So I right, so Marvel has at one point held license for Doctor Who, mm-hmm. Star Trek, mm-hmm. obviously Star Wars, um Godzilla. Godzilla. Han Solo. Was, um, I mean, not Han Solo. Oh, no. Balsar Galactica. Balsar Galactica. Um, so it's it's pretty much safe to say that Marvel, at some point, has held the license for every notable sci-fi series in the 20th century. Rom, Ultron, Alien, right? Uh, the Micronauts. Micronauts. Did have Micronauts. Buck um, Rogers. Buck Rogers is possible. Let me. I'm looking. The only one that did it did not have Flash Gordon. I know that. Did not have Buck Rogers either. So no Buck Rogers, no Flash Gordon. Um, Believe it or not, Logan's Run. Yeah, I remember Logan's Run. Mm-hmm. Just a heads up: this issue we are not discussing uh, episode three of Miss Marvel because it hasn't come out yet, and we're recording yeah. a day early. <laughs> Yeah, we're recording the night before. So next week we're going to do uh, two episodes. It, it, we're going to review two episodes. Here we go. Maybe. Oh. We, may, we may be having a uh, a guest. Oh, that's, that's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. So maybe three episodes in two weeks. There we go. So that's right. Forgot. Potential guest. Working actress. We're supposed to have tonight. Last minute work pop-up came for her. Which is fine. She's got to work. She's got to make money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We understand. Entertainment's a crazy schedule. How many times have, have we? It's like, we're going to schedule. Uh, guys, last minute, they changed my schedule. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I totally understand. So, um, but we're going to go ahead and start the show. And... You've already started? Okay. That's what we're going to talk about for the show. Okay. Um, as always, go check out our website. It will get caught up within this next few weeks since I'm going to be home for a while and uh, but you can still support our affiliates which are current on the site supporting them supports us uh, but I want to start off first by saying uh, condolences to the Trotineer family as Glenn Trotineer Captain America Independence Day Assistant Director uh, passed away since our last broadcast 
our, our last podcast, uh, at the age of 65. Mm. He had been known for more than 100 feature films and countless television shows, including Captain America First Avenger and Independence Day, um, most notably. But his film credits also include uh, The Untouchables, where he was second AD, um, worked as second AD on Rent-A-Cop, Last Exit to Brooklyn, She-Devil, Regarding Henry, Miracle on 34th Street, and Biloxi Blues. Um, but That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. Uh, most recently, uh, his later works were Life on Mars, Bride Wars, Captain America, The First Avenger, Blue Bloods, Mozart in the Jungle, American Gothic. He also received a co-producer credit on a number of his projects and even acted on screen in things like Big Daddy and Vamps. His most recent credits included serving as first AD on Morbius, as well as the pilot of Emergence. Hmm. So our, our thoughts to... The Glenn's friends and family. So um, now, since since we're not talking Miss Marvel this week, we are going to kind of talk Miss Marvel this week. Um, first up, some uh, Marvel must-haves of Miss Marvel. There is a Kamala Captain Marvel Funko Pop in the costume that we've seen her in with her cardboard helmet, which I'm a little surprised. Disney's California Adventure, where Marvel's Avengers Academy is. Mm-hmm. They have her in her final costume, which is not debuted yet. Right. Well, you know, though, she's they doing show music. it in the commercial. Doesn't matter. True. She hasn't appeared on screen with it yet. Right. So why don't they have her in the Captain Marvel outfit that she wears now? It has mm-hmm. been doing her hero work in now, which would be more accurate. And then when the other costume comes about, she makes the swap. Because they did that with Black Widow. Black Widow was introduced. She was in her black outfit. When the movie came out, they switched her over to the white outfit. Right. Now she's back. I think she, I don't know if she bounces between the two outfits now or not. The only reason I can think of the non-sarcastic, non-salty reason uh, is that maybe it would be confusing to people. Because she's essentially ripping off somebody else for her costume. Right. I mean, you see a little eight-year-old girl or or boy or really just anybody around that age coming up. They see the outfit and they go, well, you're not, you're not Captain Marvel. Right. Right. I, I mean, we know what her outfit's supposed to look like. Right. Right. Oh. You know what it looked like from the comics. We know what it's looking like in the trailers, but not everybody is going to pay that close attention. No, they're not going to have. They're not going to have that that level of knowledge. I get it, but I think I I think the term is lousy casual. But but I do believe we have seen both Mister Mister Knight and Moon Knight at the parks or at Avengers Academy. So. I, yeah, but we saw one. It, we've we saw them both in the first two episodes. Right, right, pretty much. But see, here's the other thing: Moon Knight didn't have a previous presence in the MCU, whereas Captain Marvel has a notable presence. And you know, I think, like to like Eric says, I I believe that you know for somebody who. Let's say they see Captain Marvel, because I don't know. I, I'm assuming Captain Marvel is showing up in the parks 
on you know uh, like around Avengers Academy. So you see Captain Marvel, but then also you see Kamala in her costume, you know, and you know, and it's uh, similar to Carol Danvers. Like you said, some people may not know the difference. Um, yeah, well, so I don't but, know. But you know, yeah, I'll, I'll go back to what you know, I'll use Loki as another example. When Loki was first there, he was in the normal Asgardian outfit. Mm-hmm. During the time of the series, when he was in the jumpsuit, they brought him out in the jumpsuit with the handcuffs mm-hmm. or, or the shackles, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then when they switched him over to the jacket, mm-hmm. It said variant on it. He wore that in the parts. I understand it's an already established character, but right. they kept it continuity with with the show at the time that the show was running. Yeah, but like you said, Loki has always been Loki. Yeah, Loki has not tried. Well, okay, yes, he has impersonated other people at times, but he has not. It, it, his outfit has always been unique to him. Right. Right. So. This is this is basically this is basically Kamala cosplaying Carol Danvers. Right. Right. So she is trying to look like Carol Danvers. There's an attempt to resemble somebody else who's already in the MCU. Right. Right. And I, and I think they should still be doing that until we get a Miss Marvel costume. Well, Salty Eric says they just don't want to put forth the money to do a second outfit. That's probably it. So, mm-hmm. uh, continue- I mean, that's, that's just me. Yeah. Continuing on, uh, there is Bruno with gloves, Funko pop. And I am so surprised. No one has come on the show yet. And said, we don't talk about Bruno. I ain't doing it. Well, the first rule of Bruno is we don't talk about Bruno. Yeah. Unless it's Miss Marvel. Then we talk about Bruno. Yeah. Because Bruno has a thing for Miss Marvel and for Kamala, and she's just letting it go. Oh my Kamala God. don't even see it. She doesn't see it. Yeah. She doesn't see it. Bruno has been friend zoned so freaking hard here. Yep. Uh, next up, AvengerCon pen. Ah, cool. And this says uh, ladies get information. And uh, it's got Captain Marvel. I can't tell who the other two characters are. Let's see. Maybe Valkyrie and, uh, I don't know, maybe Valkyrie and Shiri. Uh, Let's see here. Let's see. Uh, Slide number three. Yeah, I'm I'm pulling it up on the relic now. All right. Uh, Number three. Number three. That is, well, one of them is Shiri. The other one is um, Hope Van Dyne. Uh, uh, Yes. Better picture on the next slide. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, so I guess Stupid it is. me. Uh, a Miss Marvel backpack. That's not too bad. No, that's not uh, that's that's not bad at all. It's it's basically that's her channel name, isn't it? Sloth baby. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And that's a sloth and the logo up hanging off the zipper. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've shown this to Zoe because uh, she's a big Miss Marvel fan, comic book wise, uh, which I, I was surprised, but not when she glammed onto it. Um, and I'm glad she, she looked at it with, with open eyes and not, not a veil of, uh, of color involved, so to speak. Hmm. Uh, and she just absolutely loves the character. Uh, I showed her this bag and she's like, yeah, it's nice, but I don't want it. it, it it's not her style. Um, then there's the New Jersey Avenger con Mr. Tree t-shirt. I love that shirt. I love this shirt. 
I love this. Mm-hmm. Um, I could I could do this all day. AdventureCon T-shirt. I am liking these AdventureCon T-shirts. Some of these are are looking pretty good. Yeah, they are. Um, Captain America and Iron Man and Black Widow and Mister Tree and Hulk and Gigantic Dude and Thor and Black Panther and Cosmic Adventure, New Jersey AdventureCon. <laughs> hey, what is this? What is this ripping off of? It's a lot of. A lot of people are doing different things like this. Believe it or not, I've done this with the different store store owners of Galaxy's Edge in Arabish, except for Doc Ondar. His name is in Thorian. But I, I did a shirt for Wookiee Radio with that. Okay. I I could have sworn I saw a Vox Machina shirt like this. The uh, the first season of Critical Role. I think mm-hmm. you probably have. Yeah. Right. Vax and Vax and Grog and Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So, yeah, same type of thing. Yeah. The only thing I see that they did, which I need to go back and do for ours, for Galaxy's Edge, is add the Wookiee Radio logo to it. Well, of course. So, um, I'm always hungry, unless I'm at AdventureCon. Or I'm I'm always always angry, unless I'm at AdventureCon. Now, you and me, that first one would be accurate. Yeah. Yeah, We're real accurate. Oh, yeah. Uh, Avenger Tours, Scovia, New Asgard, and Upstate New York. Mm -hmm. Eh, that one's okay. It's... All right. I still I still love the fact that in Avengers uh, Infinity War and Endgame, New Asgard is the same place that the Asgardians fought the ice giants in Norway. Yeah, I can't remember that. I can't remember the town's name, but it's it's the same place. Yeah. Yes. It's just it's 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 a nice little bit of continuity. Uh, there's the ladies get information T-shirt. There is a Miss Marvel T-shirt, not bad looking. Uh, a white Miss Marvel T-shirt that's kind of, um, what'd you say, almost like postage stamp, or they call it a pop tee. Well, it looks like it's ripping off the old Obama Hope T-shirt. Yeah, 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 a little bit. Um, the AdventureCon blanket. I was there. Gigantic dude, man. man. <laughs> Uh, things Hulk smashed, Realms of Asgard, Captain Marvel, Cosmic Adventure, Hulk's Rage Room, Smash Your Anger Away, The Hills of Asgard, New Jersey, AdventureCon. Dude, would that just not have been an awesome con to go to? Absolutely. I <laughs> I want to know, why isn't Marvel turning this into an actual thing like Star Wars Celebration? Um, I think if Ms. Marvel takes off the way they're hoping it will, you may actually see it. I think we should. No matter what, I think we need to see this because I think Marvel needs to have their own family-based convention like Star Wars has just to celebrate the the MCU now that we have over 20, 24 films, 25 films, over 30 different projects. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh, Eric's... I'd like to see it. I don't know that... I, I don't know that... It would be as feasible to do an Avenger Con as a as a Star Wars celebration. Well, well, here's a question, and I don't know if would there what kind of rules would apply when it comes to uh, when they're talking about you no know, characters and you know, like I don't know, like you know, well, you know, like how there's certain like rules that govern what characters can show at what park you know because of you know contracts and whatnot like maybe is there a legal side of it which could affect 
them doing something like that. No. I would say as long as they're not doing it inside one of the Disney theme parks. Mm-hmm. Here on the East Coast, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not like, okay, we're going to we're gonna use the convention center, the entire convention center at Coronado Springs. Right. No, couldn't do it. But it's always been talked about by a lot of people. California should get D23. Since Orlando is still expanding our convention center here and now is looking at doing an arena type setup like they did it with Chicago, like they did in Anaheim, doing that here as well. Celebration should be here in Orlando. I like say all the time. Yeah. Like all the time because Anaheim essentially for the U S is the per is the permanent home for D 23. They can make Orlando the permanent home for celebration. If they do a VentureCon, I'm sorry. I think it's only fitting. New, even though Marvel's moving to Cal, is supposedly moving everything to California. New York is the place. Travis Center should be the permanent home for a VentureCon. I, I, that to me that makes sense. I mean, um, you know, it's like DragonCon is always in Atlanta. It's only in Atlanta. The yep. uh, San Diego Comic Con obviously is in San Diego. Uh, Emerald City is Seattle. Yeah. C2E2 so Chicago. So I think, I mean, I get it. I mean, you know, there's, there's, a, it helps to build an identity when you do that. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And while, yes, it's been cool that Celebration has bounced around different locations between Denver, Indianapolis, Orlando, Chicago, which those have been the main U.S. cities in Anaheim. Those have been the main U.S. cities. There needs to be a specific home for it. And a lot of people have been saying, since Anaheim has D23, Orlando needs to keep celebration. Not going to argue with that. Mm-mm. So everything does not need to stay and revolve around California when it comes to Disney. Right. So uh, the next T-shirt up is a Miss Marvel Wave T-shirt. And then finally, a Smash T-shirt. It's not really a T-shirt. It's a tank top. And it says smash, 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 New Jersey Adventure. Mm-hmm. I think that's almost a callback to um, the Professor Hulk style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You remember, like you saw him in the black tank top and, you know. Yep. So uh, to continue on, Lego had their convention, their virtual convention this week, this past week, Lego Con. And um, a few notable things came out of it, um, like Lego Icons, Lion Knight's Castle, uh, for Star Wars, the Justifier, and, uh, ATTE Walker, and the Lego Icons Galaxy Explorer, which, oh, I would love to get that again. I didn't have that ship, but I had, I had something similar. Um, but it also included, for Marvel, Marvel Doctor Strange, Sanctum Sanctorum. Now, I thought this had already come out. Mm-mm. There was a smaller playset. Okay, that's what I'm thinking of. This is a 2,708-piece, three-story recreation of Doctor of Doctor Strange's abode that features elements inspired by Avengers Infinity War and Multiverse of Madness. Well, you know what's going to come next. You know we're getting Cormitage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, the top story houses the Museum of Mystical Collections. The middle section contains the library. And at ground level, there are familiar features both insides and out. Set includes nine minifigs, Doctor Strange, Wong, Iron Man, Spider-Man, Ebony Maw, Astromoto, Sinister Strange, Dead Strange, and Scarlet Witch. Mm. 
All right. I want to see these other figs. Yeah, I do too. Because this this looks really, really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it it could almost it, you could almost consider this an architectural set. This almost right. you could you could add this to the uh, to the, like the city block stuff. Oh, absolutely. That they have out. All right. Usually they have a oh, there's the fix. And just saying, that Galaxy Explorer looks really sweet too. Yeah. Uh, Zombie Strange isn't too bad. I wish the Sorcerer or Sorcerer Supreme had the third eye. It must be Wong or it's Ma. Okay. Yeah, that's not too bad. Yeah, but good lord at that price tag. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. $249.99. Yep. Marked down from 250 <laughs> Savings of one cent. Yeah. <laughs> like the comedian Killer Bees is fond of saying, save up! And the sad part is, this Galaxy Explorer, when it was first released, it was not this much. No. Well, it's the nostalgia part. Yeah. Right. Actually, this has been improved some. It's been improved a lot. Looks great, though. It does look great. It's got... Uh, it, the wings are definitely beefier. Um, I'm digging those engines. A lot more detail. Oh, absolutely a lot more detail. I mean, for, for them to bring this back as an icon piece, I know it's not Marvel, but to bring it back as an icon piece, uh, I mean, this, this is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is absolutely fantastic. This is the type of upgrade I, I, I would expect, or, or you should expect. Mm-hmm. That makes me want to think about that Knight's Castle. <laughs> so, yeah, we could do an entire show just based on Lego. And see, like I said, the uh, um, the Sanctorum would fit in with the with the boutique hotel, the police station, that are also three stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it would fit with some of that stuff. It would work just fine. Mm-hmm. Holy nuggets. <laughs> Alliance but those of you listening at, at at home, obviously we don't go over these stories beforehand because this is like <laughs> seeing this stuff for the first time. So if the next 35 minutes is nothing but, ooh, ew, neat, I want that, then you, now you know why. But the Lion, the Lion yeah. Knight's castle? Yeah, the original was never like this. No, no. <laughs> oh, no. man. Oh, man. So, yeah. Anyway, back to the Sanctorum. This piece would fit in with the other pieces that they make with no problems at all. Like the police station. Right. Or some of the other stuff. Yeah. Easily. Well, it's it's made to be city compatible. So Oh, this one this one very much is. Yeah. Uh next up, Marvel Legends. There's the X Men Retro Apocalypse figure is now on sale. This thing looks pretty cool. It does. This is this is the one. This is the apocalypse we all remember. This is what we should have gotten in uh, Apocalypse. Yeah. Instead of Cameron. <laughs> yeah, the one that they should have gone with the other the other makeup artist. His 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 sculpt for Apocalypse was so much better than what we got in the movie. Well, right. In in all in all fairness, uh, most cosplayers. Had would have a better look than uh, yeah. than what we. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I, I hate to sound salty about it, but there it is. Yep. So yeah, uh, this is available for pre-order um, on Amazon for thirty-eight ninety-nine. It's not bad. 
That's not too bad. It's a six-inch figure, so it's not it's not too small. Mm-mm. It's based on the three-inch scale or the six-inch scale, so yeah. maybe a hair bigger, but yeah, looks great. And then um, new Funko soda pre-orders are available. There is a uh, Marvel Vision. I think that's the only one available from Marvel. Yeah, that's the only one. Yeah, it's not bad looking. It it's not bad looking. I don't like. I don't like these as much as I do the Funko Pops. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hit and miss with these. Yeah. Is there, there's uh, been some sodas that I've seen that are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I mean, looking at this current wave, the Flash Gordon yeah. is better than the uh, than the others. Well, the Hawkman doesn't look too bad right. from the distinguished competition. The, but, the Icon Astronaut for NASA is not that bad either. No, it's not that bad, but that's... Uh, the other ones are like Homer Simpson, uh, uh, him from the Powerpuff, you know, him from the Powerpuff Girls. Uh, let's see, Ochako from My Hero Academia, yep. and, and Mr. Jelly Belly. Yeah, yeah. I, I've never watched any My Hero Academia, so I, I have absolutely no clue as to who this is. Uh, I don't either. So now, oh my, is that Flash Gordon from the movie? Yes. Yes. Flash, ah. Whoa, I definitely take my money situation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, this is something I I call malarkey on. Thor, Love and Thunder's Christian Bell didn't know what the MCU was before playing Gore. Ah, yeah, I don't believe that. I, yeah, I'm calling shenanigans right there. Um, Christian, according to comicbook.com, Christian Bale isn't the only Batman actor to cross over into the Marvel Universe as a villain, but he may be the first to not know which universe he was joining. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. I yeah. mean, like you have to be under a rock that is under a bigger rock that is around the corner and also under an even bigger rock to not know anything about the MCU. Now, in an interview with Total Film Magazine, uh, Bell claimed he had to ask what the Marvel Cinematic Universe was, even after being cast as as Gore. That okay. I, I call shenanigans. Now, to ask what who Gore was? That I totally get. That Exactly. And hopefully he did like anyone else in the MCU has done and gone and gotten books based around the character. You would hope that. Yeah. You would hope that I – all right. The scariest part of all this is that he may not be lying. Unfortunately. There is a chance, but I, I, as hard as I find it to believe, there are some people out there who we would just consider them hopelessly out of touch because they, would, they do not know what the MCU is. I, you're an actor. In a community of actors. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you could probably stand in a uh, any Hollywood party and, I don't know, blow, blow a container full of bubbles and land on at least five people who've been in a Marvel movie in some capacity. Yeah. Make for crying out loud, Gary Shandling has been in the MCU. Exactly. I mean, you played the Dark Knight for the rival company during the 
during the uprise of Marvel and Marvel showing DC how it's done. Right. And you don't know who the competition is? I mean, I'm pretty sure that at least one or two of the Dark Knight movies ran up against a Marvel movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not like you're you're saying you're you're an Ohio State fan and you've never heard of this other school called University of Michigan. <laughs> or you're an Alabama fan and you've never heard of a school named Auburn or this conference called the SEC. Sorry. I would say probably if if you are an Ohio State fan, you in saying you've never heard of the SEC. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you go that way after the last few decades easily. Well, well, see, I, I don't know. There, there are people out there that are very insulated, who are very out of touch with the world at large. Right. I, I will not totally rule this out, but I am calling 98% shenanigans. I, I, I am too. I'm right there with you. I, I think he's doing this just to get clickbait on the on the interviews to help draw more interest to the to the film. And if it is, it's brilliant. And it, yeah, because what are we doing now? We're talking about we're it. We're talking about it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, now we were talking earlier about franchises, sci-fi pr- franchises that Marvel has done. Well, Marvel Comics will kick off in early 2023. New Planet of the Apes stories. Okay, that's. Interesting. Marvel Comics and Planet of the Apes have a deep history that goes back over 40 years. Mm-hmm. Marvel first published Planet of the Apes stories in 74 and in 75. Uh, Marvel published Adventures on the Planet of the Apes, full-color adaptations of the iconic Planet of the Apes films. We are thrilled to welcome Planet of the Apes back to the House of Ideas, says uh, big guru C.B. Sabolsky. The new saga in the pipeline is going to explore the limits of what this beloved franchise has to offer through bold comic storytelling, and we look forward to setting foot on this new adventure. One of the things I like is the art looks like more of the original films than um, than the remakes. Uh, Details on the upcoming Planet of the Apes comic book titles, collections, reprints, and creative teams will be shared at a later date. Until then, fans could check out an all new teaser by Salvador LaRocca. Ah. This put this is this looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, they mentioned reprints here. I wonder if we'll get like we did with Star Wars. Marvel Unlimited. Uh, reprints. I know. Mm-hmm. The old original ones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because there was a lot of good storytelling in the original Star Wars run. And there was a lot of good storytelling in the original Planet of the Apes run. There was. Even the I'm, original Battlestar stuff. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. So um, so now debate time, maybe mini rant time. Uh-oh. Spider-Man fans and heated debate over Craven the Hunter. Have you all heard about this? Uh, No, not really. I, I have not. Craven the Hunter is being described as a animal lover in new Sony film. I mean. I, I like in my. I've always viewed Craven as being a uh, a conservationist in a way. Like I, I, I always felt like that if Craven hunted game, you know, he he didn't do it strictly for sport. You know, as much as he loves to hunt, like you know, if he was hunting animals, he hunted animals with the intent of using all of it. 
like you know using it for right. food and then using the 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 pelt and all that stuff. So like in that sense, like I've always pictured him in a weird way as an animal lover. Um, yeah, but every time I've always envisioned him, it, he doesn't matter. No, if he's in the mood for steak, it doesn't matter what he goes after: water buffalo, elephant, mammoth, T Rex, whatever. Mm-hmm. Food's food. As you say, he may use every bit of it, but he's not ashamed to, to go hunting after something just for the sake of hunting. Right. Right. So, uh, I mean, is Craven a a villain or is he an anti-hero? Uh, I guess that's the next big question. It depends on where you meet him. I mean, like my first introduction to Craven was uh, had to have been in Spider-Man, like somewhere in the early to mid 70s and he was very much a villain at least i viewed him as a villain because he was no hired to hunt spidey you know um okay and then my no go ahead no no go ahead go ahead go ahead no i just like you know my five six-year-old brain wasn't you know i wasn't necessarily too hip to the idea of you know, somebody that's willing to do something just for money and not really thinking about what it meant. And that may have been true, but it still says something about about Craven if he is okay with hunting another person just for the thrill of the hunt and maybe make a dollar or two in the process. Well, this is coming from Wikipedia, so take it with a grain of salt it deserves. Mm-hmm. Uh, Craven is typically portrayed as a renowned big game hunter whose goal in life is to best Spider-Man in order to prove himself as the world's greatest hunter. And it's interesting what you say about difference, you know, the thrill of the hunt, because I remember an old X-Men issue where Wolverine is going off hunting. Of course, he's doing this in costume. The yellow and black costume, which, you know, mm-hmm. that's pretty camo. Right. Um, Storm is kind of miffed at this, said, you know, you would, you would take another animal's life, not just for food, but merely for sport. He said, no, I said hunting. It takes no skill to kill. What takes skill is sneaking up on a skittish doe close enough to touch her. Mm-hmm. Now, when you think about big game hunting, yes, you do think about you know the images that do come to mind are shooting something with the with a gun just to you know to get the skin, take the trophy, put it up on your wall. Mm-hmm. I we don't know enough about this movie yet to to just go ahead and review bomb it, right? But I mean to say that he is an animal lover and a protector of the natural world. This is basically. Tell me you don't know Marvel without actually saying you don't know Marvel. Right, right. Uh, this could be said. This could also be saying too. We know Marvel, but we're but it's the movies. We're gonna make a change, and maybe Craven the Hunter is not the hunter as we normally know it as. But as we kind of alluded to, and kind of what's mentioned in the Wikipedia article of hunting Spider-Man. He's like a bounty hunter or a hunter of poachers, maybe. And they're going to turn him into a symbol of anti-poaching. I would not put that past Sony. Right. I just, 
if they do, would you be okay with that? No, no, because do not call him Craven then. Right. Call him something else. I mean, you want to make a former big game hunter turned anti-poacher who has started hunting the ultimate quarry man and woman, then that's fine. But don't call it Craven. Right. Because really, all you're going to do is cheese off the fan base who knows who this is. Well, or who's supposed to be. Here, here's a fun one. Uh, someone on Twitter in response to the MCU Direct saying, Aaron Tyler Johnson's Craven will be an animal lover and protector of the natural world in Sony's spinoff movie, according to Taylor Johnson, a departure from most depictions of Craven in the comics. This person's response, he's literally called Craven the capital letters Hunter, mm-hmm. exclamation point. And it's not ironic. He's Hunter. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, next comment is it's literally the exact opposite of what Craven the Hunter is. My favorite out of this is from this Twitter user who wrote the movie about Spider-Man villain Craven the Hunter has neither Spider-Man nor Craven the Hunter in it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm almost like who wrote the script, PETA? One person sounds like it. Craven the Hunter, 2023, has pictures of Brandon Fraser as George of the Jungle. I'm done. <laughs> it's Craven the per- it's Craven the Protector now. <laughs> it's Jim Carrey as Ace Ventura. I mean, all right, so like in my head, I could see Craven going at like, you know, if he knew they're poachers. Like I could see him going after poachers, but he is still a hunter, you know. Uh I mean, I don't know. Uh I just it- you could have almost a predator spin to this because in the predator movies it comes he hunts he hunts the hunters right right like the thing that you've noticed in in the first two predator movies he only goes after those who are armed right i mean you could spin it that way and that i, I don't know that i would still be fully okay with that but no i, I mean Granted, it's Hollywood. They can't have people going out and shooting helpless animals. No, no, no. Because, you know, that's, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing progressive in that. That's, and to a degree, I, I understand that. Because, I mean, my, my dad, my dad was a taxidermist as I was growing up, but he also had a love for conservation. Right. It's kind of like you, you keep the population healthy by keeping it from overpopulating. Right. And he hated poachers as much as anything mm-hmm. because, you know, the 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 harvesting laws and rules are there for a reason. Right. And when you break those laws, you are you're you're basically hurting the population. Right. Absolutely. So I totally get that aspect of it, if that's the aspect of it. But if they're trying to turn him into a fake fur wearing Ace Ventura, just bring Ace Ventura into the MCU. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, oh my gosh. If this guy looks at the camera and says, "All righty then," it's a hard pass from me. (sighs) That's when I walk out out and ask for my money back. I mean, I I don't know. I just think that it would be. 
you know, it would be disingenuous to basically to take a familiar character and, you know, keep the name and give you and give the uh, impression that you're going to get to see this character on the big screen and the characters there in name only. Right. That uh, I don't know. I mean, if there's if there's things about the character that you don't like, don't use the character. Create a new character. You know, it's exactly or choose a different character because there are a ton of them. Oh my gosh, there are so many. I mean, okay, there's a character uh, that was created by uh, Mike Grell. I love him. His name is uh, uh, John Sable. Mm-hmm. And and John Sable was a he, at one point he was a game warden in Africa. Uh, but and he went after poachers, and then like the, these poachers killed his family, you know, for uh, basically as an act of retribution against him. And then he ends up using his skills as a Olympic level marksman to hunt the hunters. So if that's if that's the kind of care, if that's what you're wanting to do, that's the story that you're wanting to tell. Mike Grell, I'm sure you guys could talk to Mike Grell, and he would be more than happy to talk to you guys about putting that character to the screen if that's the story you want to tell. Because otherwise, what you guys are talking about is not is, is not Craven. Mm-mm. Just saying. If the, but you know, we're also talking about what is uh, we're going based on the information that's been provided to us. All that may change, uh, or all of what we're talking about may be total malarkey. You know, we don't know, but we're going based on what this article is saying at the moment. And that's a very, very good point. We cannot discount the fact that he's throwing this out there on purpose, right. trying to, you know, basically he's throwing out a little sarcastic misinformation because. I mean, let's face it. If I'm, if, we're being, if I'm being perfectly honest, I'm I would do this on occasion, just as a just a way to mess with people. Mm-hmm. But again, what's it doing? It's getting people talking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know, we admitted we hadn't been following it. You know, if nobody's talking about the Craven movie, and then oh, well, he said they're an animal lover. Now everybody's talking about it. Mission accomplished. Right. There you go. You know, we, like I said, we're here talking about it. We got all the field agents listening to us talk about it, and now they're going to probably be talking about it. And you know, yeah. what more do you want? Yeah. Now, will the buzz translate into people going to see it once it comes out? That remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. True. Now, speaking of buzz, uh, back to Miss Marvel, real quick. Um, Eric, you were telling us there was a story about. Uh, numbers being low. Before we get to that, there's also been um, a lot of beef or a lot of talk of disappointment in the representation of Miss Marvel. And I, I saw this in the um, Marvel, Cinema- Marvel Cinematic Universe Facebook page. I'm not going to mention the person's name. I want to protect them. But his post is, or their post is. So apparently, a lot of people are disappointed by the representation of Miss Marvel, especially from the Muslim communities around the world. Maybe it's not happening in your area, but it's definitely happening in mine. I'm not here to start a fire or anything, just wondering 
at which part of Miss Marvel that most of you guys do not understand. First question, she's wrong representation of Islam and Muslims. No, they never promised anything about Kamala being true representation of Islam. Kamala Khan is a life reflection of a teenage girl who happens to be Muslim and a Pakistani growing up and exposed to Western cultures. This is a show about superheroes, a work of fiction, not Da'awa, just chill. Her show is cringy and for kids. How do people like this? How old are you, by the way? Miss Marvel's target demographic audience are for young teenagers and children. It is exactly their main point. It's not If it's not appealing then to you, then move along. You are obviously mm-hmm. not their target audience. That doesn't mean the rest of us, that the rest of the grown-ups can't have a little fun as well. You like right. something dark and gritty like Daredevil? Then watch Daredevil. You like brutal and nasty like the boys? Then watch the boys. Same thing with us. I actually like Miss Marvel and watch the show because we like the genre. There's no need to compare entirely different things. Right. Miss Marvel is Disney's propaganda to spread Islam among Western cultures. Um, what? Um, you guys already have Muslim, Muslims living amongst among yourselves. We live in a diverse society. Get out of the house, travel, meet new people, and understand their cultures. Miss Marvel okay. is Miss. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go on. Keep going. Keep going. Miss Marvel is misleading the image of Muslims in Islam. Again, Miss Marvel was never about spreading Islam or the definition of a good Muslim. She's an average American teenager who is Muslim and has flaws. Her flaws is what made her character work in the narrative. She learned her mistakes over time and be responsible for it. At least that's an improvement after years of Muslims being antagonists in the media. Mm -hmm. There's still a bit more if you want me to keep going, Eric. Well, I, I have to respectfully disagree with the idea that this is trying to promote Islam among Americans. Mm -hmm. Because while there are positives being shown in here, but they're being shown in a positive light, there's also some very negative things that are being pushed on this. Mm -hmm. Um, I think last week when we were doing our Fantastic Four takeaways, I'm like, this should not have been premiered during June. It should have been premiered in March for Women's History Month mm-hmm. because it is showing pretty much how women are essentially second class. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that it's very, it's very male dominated, it's very male controlled. Yes. Um, that is, and it's, and it's, and it's not saying that's necessarily a good thing either. So maybe it's just me. I don't see that. And for me, the, the Eid Mubarak festival, mm-hmm. that would have been done at the end of Ramadan. They don't touch on the fact that this is happening during Ramadan, you know, at the tail end of Ramadan. Mm-hmm. Because if that's the case, why is Kamala eating at lunch at the school? Right. If it's Ramadan, right. unless time advances that we don't see and it's not mm-hmm. referenced, because mm-hmm. Ramadan lasts Wait, a month. Yeah, you would think now that there is some time progression when it's showing like the training montage, mm-hmm. right? Because you have to spend some time right. getting used to what you can do and learning how to use it, right? But, but you know this whole thing about Eid Mubarak. It's a great question for us to ask next week. Somebody take that down. So uh, the next comment made that this guy responds to, uh, the actress is annoying. She's not the right choice. She's a kid. 
annoying is natural. She's also one of us who is a big fan of the MCU. This is Iman Vellani's first acting gig, so give her a break. She's doing great so far after two episodes. Kevin, Kevin Feige picked on her for the fact that she watched WandaVision on her phone. Right. I mean, I want to say, and, and, and I I was telling Dawn about this, that teens, and I don't know if it's just my age, but teens generally annoy me now the way that they're portrayed on, uh, on TV shows and in movies. She, if you want to talk about annoying, she is definitely on the low end of that. Like she's a typical, she's just a typical teenager. I, I'm, I, I'm more upset over the character Zoe because at every Zoe I have ever known, including my own daughter does not act the way that they have this one acting. And I think it's wrong. <laughs> I mean, understand the personalities behind the names too. Don't just get oh, we're going here's a here's a dizzy cheerleader style. We're gonna call her Zoe. <laughs> no, that's not find find me a show me some Zoes in real life that are that way, and I'll go okay. Because everyone I've ever seen is not. Anyway, uh, for those who hate the show because of the power changes and are and are not comic accurate, guess what? At least eighty percent of the MCU are not comic accurate at all. I read all the comics, or I read the comics, and I know her powers played a big part in her character growth, but an adaptation is an adaptation. Also, it's, right. it is too early to judge based on two episodes alone. Give it time, you may, you might eventually like it. I, I will admit that that has bothered me. That has bothered me, but at the same time, some abilities just don't translate well to, to live action. And that is something that's going to be a challenge if and when the Fantastic Four ever make it into the MCU outside of Multiverse of Madness, I know. So I don't know, especially if it's if it's bringing in the quantum bands, which I know, I know, episode two kind of dashed that a little bit. But if you can give me the effect of her powers with what she, with what she's got, like say, you know, she gets like the big, the big fist, like she tried doing, it was just very heavy. Right. She does that in the show. Then it'll be, it'll be okay. Yeah. I mean, I, with this, I have used Zoe as, uh, as my, uh, my measurement. Mm -hmm. I asked her to, how do you feel about the powers? She goes, they're different. But she still does the same type of things. It's just the powers look different. It's not her arm extending. It's she's creating a construct. Correct. Well, she doesn't know construct. She goes. She's creating her own her own essence to to do these powers. Right. Okay, that works. So my daughter, who's in the target range, is having no problems with these. Then we shouldn't as much either. Well, it's like we have said on the show. This is not meant for us. No. no. Basically, if, if you're old enough to drink legally, this show is not for you. Mm-mm. If you're out of high school, this show is not for you. Yep. So that that's that is something that is both a a good thing and a bad thing. Yeah. The good thing is it seems to be doing well with its target demographic. Mm-hmm. Right? The bad thing is the target demographic is not as large a percentage of the audience as maybe they would like. Right. 
or the large or that demographic is not as vocal about it because they're kids. Well, so I, their I, social media presence isn't as strong as all the yeah. Well, it, that are out there. Fact, except for the fact that the numbers are not reflecting social media presence. Uh, and what I'm talking about is that uh, an, an outfit called Samba TV uh, recently released numbers for uh, for the five-day composite of the premiere of Ms. Marvel. And Samba TV uh, claims it had an audience of 775,000, which in and of itself, that does not sound too awful bad. But when you compare it to other Disney Plus MCU premieres, it's it's about half at least of most of them. According to their numbers, the five-day composite of of an MCU series premiere on Disney Plus, Loki had far and away the highest with 2.5 million. Falcon and the Winter Soldier tied with uh, Moon Knight at 1.8 million. WandaVision had 1.6 million and Hawkeye had 1.5 million. Now they they only have first day numbers for What If and they're putting that around 250,000. So basically, you know, it's it's do, it's apparently it's doing well with the people they're aiming it at, but the rest of the the rest of the demographics don't really seem to care as much, which I think is it, it's unfortunate well, that I, while the show is not perfect, and yes, because it is aimed at teens, apparently teen shows have to be cringy and annoying. See, I think they should have waited till next week to drop this. That way, you're not competing with Obi Wan. Dude, it's a five day composite. That means. They're doing it almost over a week. Yeah. If you if you watch Kenobi on Wednesday when it comes out, then that's four more days that you can use to get around to watching Ms. Marvel. Okay. I I don't yes, I, I don't buy the competition angle. I know for me, tomorrow I'll be watching Kenobi and Ms. Marvel. I'll be watching Kenobi out of a dogged stubbornness just to finish the series. I will be looking forward to Ms. Marvel more. Okay. Mm-hmm. There, I've said it. That's fair. That's fair. So, uh, final thoughts, guys. I think I'm thought it out. Eric? Uh, I'm trying to think, but I think I've thought all my thoughts for this evening. And there's only one thing left to do. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Uh, I guess I'll take it this week. Yeah. It's, it feels better when you say it. It's time to go dark. Now, I'm, I'm just going to bring it up because I know we've said it for so long. Y'all remember where that came from. It's time to go dark. It's time to go dark. Rising tide? No. What? Coulson says it in at one point in the uh, first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Ah, Wow. Yeah, that's where I that's where I caught it. Caught the catch line here. A little behind the scenes as we wrap the show. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night, y'all. <laughs>